Hello, this is Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager, Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Uh, Rob, we have a special guest with us here today. I know you, you know very well, um, and uh, is very well known throughout the industry. Howard Brickman is our guest today. Good morning, Howard. How are you doing? Good morning, Wayne. How are you today? How's it going, good. Howard? Very good, thank you. A little, uh, we're all uh, kind of uh, cooped up today, I think. So this is a great time to do a podcast. Yeah, agreed. So for anybody that might not be familiar with Howard Brickman. Uh, He's operated his own consulting and contracting business uh, in Boston since, what, 1980s, uh, early 80s? 84. 84, okay. And, uh, May 1st, 1984, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're counting. Uh, Howard has worked in the flooring industry in Memphis, Seattle, and Boston since the uh, late 70s, and he was a uh, floor of the year winner. I remember that floor. I, I sure do, in 1999. And, um, you know, um, he's got an extensive background. It's almost where do you go when you talk to Howard? I mean, there's so many avenues he could talk to you about. Um, and, um, again, your knowledge, some, you know, we bring guests on and we, you know, we uh, usually talk about one specific thing. But, man, you, you've uh, – your fingerprints are all over this industry, Howard. Well, I was, I was very fortunate. I started – uh, in the business in 78, working for NOFMA, which is the National Flooring Manufacturers Association. And so I like to tell people I started at the top and I've gradually worked my way all the way to the bottom. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. Um, so um, I kind of talked a little bit about your background. Um, so what do you do? You spend most of your time consulting now because I see you uh, on a lot of projects in New York City and that's my primary business. Um, uh, when I wasn't paying attention, I got older, and um, as, as as we all appreciate, uh, being productive in the wood floor business as an installer or stand and finish guy is pretty athletic. I mean, you got to be you got to be young and very vigorous. And, and I say, yeah. once once you once you get over uh, forty nine, uh, you got to you got to either become a manager or change your battle plan a little bit and so um, I've always done the consulting and it just became a major part of my business well, about 10-15 years ago and so I still I still love to I mean my first love is installing and sanding and finishing I mean I just love that part of the business I think it's it's a, um, uh, it's, a it's a it's a it's a work a trade and an art form that just a lot of people that don't do it really don't appreciate how much work and intelligence it requires to do it properly. Uh, agreed. And it's funny you say it's 49. And uh, I, you know, when you're young in the trade, uh, you're bulletproof, right? And then you don't realize that these things start to pile up. And as you get older, you start, you start to feel them a little bit more. And then for myself, um, you know, it, it was one for yourself, thing. Wait, that, that hit you around 22, 23 years old, didn't it? That's about where I peaked. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got shoelaces that are 22 years old. <laughs> but um, you know, um, for myself, uh, it's uh, it's one thing that it hurt all day, and but when it started hurting all night, also it just kind of took the fun right out of it for me. So by by a lot of guys, you know, like you said, to, to be able to stay in the industry and and contribute like you have has really been a blessing. 
I mean, and that don't happen by accident. I know you, you, you put a lot of time into this industry and it shows, I mean, I, I, like I said, I was just looking through some articles and man, the amount of stuff that you've touched on is incredible. And one of those things I'd like to talk about is inline diet. Um, I've said it before that if, if, if a contractor can really understand aniline dyes and get good at aniline dyes, you put yourself in a whole other world of, of color. And that seems to – I'd like to talk about that, Howard. You've got an extensive background in that. and uh, uh, done a lot of teaching and training with the aniline dyes. And maybe you can – maybe that's where we can start. Okay. Um, oh, can we hold well, on and- one second? Can we hold on? Let's tell yeah. all our listeners, pause right now. Go get a pen and some paper and take some notes. All yeah. right. Now we can keep going. Thanks, Howard. Okay. So um, aniline dyes are, um, uh, for the most part, uh, they're available, and, and they're used pretty much across any any coloring business. For instance, people that do uh, textiles, that do, um, uh, that do leather, that do other things that require uh, some kind of uh, color treatment. And they're used in the in the in the wood business, and um, and to get a certain depth of color, to get an intensity of color, uh, you really need to use aniline dyes to get that really really intense color. That is that is is more transparent. In other words, you can you can look through the color and still see the texture and grain of the wood. So essentially, aniline dyes give us a way of, of giving a very intense color without obscuring the actual wood material itself. And so whereas if you're using a typical pigmented stain to get super intense colors, oftentimes you've got to really layer it on, which has negative issues with adhesion of finishes and drying and all kinds of other issues. But um, so um, the aniline dyes provide a method for us to, to, to get that super intense color. Uh, aniline dyes are available uh, for use with a number of different solvents. Um, the people in the cabinet and the furniture business often use aniline dyes that are uh, uh, suspended in uh, alcohol or lacquer thinner or that kind of thing. And they're typically spraying and wiping smaller pieces uh, in a really controlled environment. And, um, um, and for anyone in the, in, in the uh, industry who has ever tried to use an alcohol or a lacquer-based aniline dye, uh, you'll do it once and you'll never do it again. Um, I mean, you really cannot get it on the floor. I mean, it's... Uh, it is just it's too fast drying. I mean, uh, you would have to you would literally have to spray it on and walk out of the room. Uh, you wouldn't have time to wipe it. So, um, and we just don't do business that way. So, essentially, when we're using aniline dyes, we use the dyes that are um, are, are water based. They're suspended in water, and uh, and so um, that also can be pretty quick drying. So there's some real technique associated with getting aniline dyes to go down in a uniform way so that you don't have lap marks and, and heavy spots. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was on a job one time with a guy who, who, who 
I knew he used aniline dye, and and he said, uh, I said, you know, I'd love to see it. And he said, yeah, come on out to job, I'll show you. He had a spray can, a spray. He put the product in the spray can. I've been around lacquer in my life. I've been around shellac in my life. I was one 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 or two uh, um, acid cure jobs, but the smell that came out of that can <laughs> was something I have never experienced before. And uh, I said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And uh, and then I realized that uh, after talking to you, that water is the way to go. So what are, what are some of the challenges? You talk about how fast they dry. And so if I have a thousand square feet open room, how would I approach that? Well, it's like um, uh, the wiping stains that we use in the wood floor business are made specifically to to eliminate the uh, uh, if 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 we use reasonable techniques to eliminate the hazard of, of getting a, uh, a lap mark or a heavy spot uh, if we go over a spot a second time. In other words, they're, they're typically penetrating stains that you put them on, uh, it set, the color saturates the surface, and even if you put more stain on while it's fresh, uh, when you wipe it off, it all goes to a uniform color. And so that's not the case with the aniline dye suspended in water. You wipe it on um, and then go over it a second time. After it's, it, it's absorbed, the color, you'll get more color. And so, uh, uh, as you know from coating floors, uh, always working with the grain. So when you're working across the grain with aniline dyes, it, um, it would be impossible not get lap marks and streaks and heavy spots. So essentially when you're when you're applying aniline dye, it has to be done in a way, uh, especially on a dry surface, on a dry, freshly sanded wood surface, it's, um, it's a challenge. And so uh, you typically put it on and then a second person is basically wiping the excess off to make the color uniform. And it, it's difficult. It's very challenging. Um, oftentimes, you go on an aniline dye job that someone is using aniline dye, and you can see where they got a little bit careless, and you can see under underneath the other layers of finish and the and the penetrating stain that's on top of it, you can actually see where they got a little bit of a lap mark. Most people don't have the eyes to see that kind of thing, luckily, uh, because it's very difficult to apply. I did. I, I used to do a class on doing aniline dyes, and, and and basically, what I was trying to do with the class, because everybody wanted to do it. I mean, everybody wants to do aniline dye, and so I wanted to give people an opportunity to get their hands on it. I also wanted them to get the opportunity to see how difficult it is to use. And so, um, I kind of was hoping I would discourage people from using it because it's an extremely difficult material to use. And then, and then the, the, the real deal breaker with a lot of the modern finishes is that aniline dye, even though it's dry, is still water soluble. So if, for instance, if you were to, uh, uh, if you had dyed the floor and it looks perfect, and if you were to walk through and, and drip a drop of water on it, it would water spot. It would actually take the dye and resolve it. So if you were to put a water-based coating directly on aniline dye, 
it will pull the dye right off the surface. It'll it'll puddle up under your your applicator or whatever mm. you're using to apply the finish. And that's a it's a real challenge. So essentially once the aniline dye is put down, we have to put something all over the aniline dye that's going to let's say lock it down or isolate it if you're going to use uh, a water-based finish. If you're going to use an oil-modified urethane on it, uh, there's very little hazard of pulling the aniline dye. But if you're going to be using a water-based finish like a traffic or um, uh, uh, any of the other water-based finish lines, then you've, you've got to do something to uh, prevent the water in the, in the coating from getting down there and, 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 and resuspending the aniline dye particles. And if you're, if you're using a PADCO or some other type of ad applicator or a, a, a T-bar and you run it on that, that dyed surface, uh, when you lift that up thing, you're going to have a puddle of stain right up underneath it. It, is, it has got to be one of the most awful feelings you'll ever have in your life. Is to, and, and trust me, as soon as you see that, stop. Just 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 stop, take the rest of the day off because you're not going to be able to fix it or even it out. You're, you're just going to make the entire job a total loss. So you bring up a couple questions for me then. One is, um, so like you said, if, if, you, if you put one coat down and even if you touch it again with the aniline dye with the same color, it's going to be, it's not like a regular saying where it's, that's the color is the color. Uh, it's going to be, uh, more intensified. It's going to be much darker, right, with the second coat that hits it. Yeah, it'll 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 put some more on. It'll actually put some more color on the floor. Yep, and now, you don't want to go with a water base. Yeah, and right. and if you put if you put a water base on it, it'll actually pull the color out of the floor. Yep. So you didn't want to go with something with like a poly on top of it. Yeah, poly. Uh, some guys use the shellac. Yeah. Um, uh, something that where the solvent system in the coating is different from water and won't, won't actually loosen up the, the dye. So is there a manufacturer that you, that you like that, that makes uh, these aniline dyes? Uh, yeah. Um, there's an outfit in New York City called Johnson. I think it's Johnson. Johnson. Uh, they're in, in uh, Chinatown. And okay. uh, I, I don't. It's not related to the uh, the Skodak Johnson, is it, Rob? No, no, especially not living in Chinatown. Uh, I don't, we don't okay. have any family down there. I, I don't think they live in Chinatown. That's where the store is, and it's a it's a cool place to go to because it's a it's, a, it's kind of a little storefront. You walk in the door, and um, you know they've they've got the dyes. It's, it's really a fun place to go visit. But most people buy it online. And you'll also find, uh, usually in most major metropolitan areas, there is a specialty paint um, um, supplier that, that sells decorative supplies, uh, like to the people that do faux painting and uh, the upper-end painter and, and, and decorative mm -hmm. trade people. And they'll typically um, either uh, sell the Johnson or some other brand of aniline dyes and that, and that's that's where a lot of buy, guys buy them. Also, they buy them locally at those upper, upper, upper line 
uh, paint type stores. Um, uh, New York City, I can't remember. I think it's Abbott in New York City that sells aniline dye. It's uh, it's uh, it's Johnson Paint. So it's not uh, it's okay. I it's Johnson Paint in Boston that sells the aniline dyes. The name of the dye company is Lockwood. Okay. So you caught me, you caught me in a senior moment. It's Lockwood. L O C K W O O D. So when you're mixing these aniline dyes, uh, it's very critical, right? Because uh, it comes in a powdered form, the uh, the uh, Lockwood products, correct? Yep. Yes. And you you measure it on a gram scale, or you you know certainly you want to mix enough for the whole job, or know exactly what the recipe would be, huh? Yeah, you typically uh, would want to 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 mix as enough to do the job plus some, because a small amount of dye goes a long way. And you'll typically measure it on a, a little digital scale, yeah. So that you get get the right amount. But but I mean, if it's if it's if it's under if it's under thirty grams of material, I mean, it would be pretty easy to get a small measuring error that would affect the color, especially if you're mixing several dyes together. Gotcha. This is this isn't one of those things where. You know, one guy stains the downstairs with the aniline aniline dye, and the other guy, you know, the other guy goes in another room, and sometime later, another guy on a project does the down does the upstairs. I mean, I, I would think whoever does this needs to be the guy that does it all the way through the project. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty skilled stuff. Um, it's not yeah. it's it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the typical commodity guy. I mean. Uh, um, it's uh, if it's to be done properly, uh, it's 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 skilled work. Howard, what's the difference between the aniline dyes you're talking about and the, let's say the transtent product? You know, I've never used transtents. Um, um, I've I've been around them enough. I've been on some jobs where I had uh, 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 a decorative painter that I was friendly with working and he used transtents and everything. And I had him dye some, or put some transtents in urethane. Transtents are like a universal color and they're typically used as I understand it for making special colors in paints and coatings. So for instance, you've got a, 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 a white paint base and you want to color it. You could take transtents and put a drop of this and a drop of that, and 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 that's how you would make the color. Um, um, like I said, I I have had this one fellow I knew who was a decorative painter actually tint some urethane for me one time with transtents. One of the things we do in the schools is um, mix a little bit of transtent because a little bit uh, goes a long way. Oh yeah. Uh, we mix some transtent seal at the and we'll show people how you can um, get some really cool colors using transtint and the intense seal. Yeah, that's that's definitely. Uh, I I I don't think you could. I don't think you would be able. I don't think you would be useful to use the transtint in like water, for instance, and try and use it as an aniline dye. I've never tried it, but mm -hmm. my understanding is those those universal color type tinting uh, media. Uh, are really meant to be put in a coating so that you can then manage it. And, and as you said, 
a little bit of that stuff does go a long way. Those colors are pretty intense. Howard, are you are you still specking um, uh, um, aniline dyes on your projects, and why? I mean, they, they sound like they're, and I know that they are, they're much, you know, it, it takes a lot of skill to get these right. Uh, so why are you involved in them, and, and what do you think it adds to a project? Well, I don't. I don't start with. In other words, it's it's basically the color that the that the interior designer is looking for. In other words, you don't you don't go to a job and say, "Now nah, we're going to use um, aniline dye to get this color." Especially if the color is available in a, a regular stain, a, a bone of dry fast stain, you are absolutely out of your mind to try and do it. <laughs> With aniline dye, <laughs> if, gotcha. if you if you can use regular stain, and I mean it's just it's just a different world. So I mean, aniline dye is is like um, uh, you're at the Alamo, you're running out of bullets, and all you got left is this, you know. And so, uh, and hopefully you can avoid being, you know, overrun and slaughtered. Because uh, uh, it's it's the last resort. It's not something anyone uh, who who respects being productive wants to do. It's just it adds it adds coats of uh, it adds additional coats to the project. Um, it you know it's it's it it just makes the project that much more complicated. The good news about that process is it makes it virtually impossible for anyone to duplicate it without your formula. Right. So right. essentially, if you're trying to be proprietary with your colors and formulas, it's a great vehicle for that. But you've got to be being paid pretty handsomely for the color work. Um, you can't. It can't be just a, an add-in on the job, you know, for thirty cents a foot. You've you've got to be paid very handsomely to to start doing the dyeing process, and the majority of the fellows who do sand and finish don't have the temper. Us say they just don't have the temperament for doing dye work. It's not it's not something that that they they first of all they don't want to do it, they don't like doing it, and it just takes kind of a special a special person to to do this kind of work. And so um, I, I find that on, on many of the larger jobs where we end up using an aniline dye, um, you know, it's everyone's got to understand the limitations, you know, trying to trying to repair the floor. If somebody drags a refrigerator across it, it means we're going to have to resand the floor. Um, we're probably not going to be able to do a touch-up. Um, where you know major repairs have to be done. So uh, everybody who's everybody who's working on the project has got to understand that we're we're basically creating a piece of floor art, okay. And uh, this floor art with this really special color, uh, we've got to respect the process, and we've got to respect the finished product because trying to get that to duplicate that and to do repair on it is i say at best nearly impossible it's very difficult it's not like doing regular stain work where you can where you can if you have some leftover stain 
you can do it because I mean the whole prep process, everything else. You even if you get the color right, you're going to have differences in and and in surface because you're going to have to do different sanding techniques. It's going to be very difficult to match. Uh, if someone looks across the floor at a low angle of incidence after you've done a touch-up with vanil and dye, they're probably going to see where the repair was made because it's going to be the surface isn't going to be exactly the same um, uh, texture, and it, you may have to actually scrape or sand it down a little bit below where it joins up against other boards, and you may be able to see a, an actual line or a demar line of demarcation between the original finish and the new finish. I can't wait to go stand on the floor. I feel so much better now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and staying in the floor. You don't know how lucky you people are. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's not. Is a there any thing. special sanding procedures that should be done if you're going to use the aniline dye? I think it's just a standard, good quality sanding job. You want you know you you want a uniform scratch. You want the scratches to be invisible to be slight and small enough that they're not visible. Um, uh, they're, uh, it, you know, you need a high-quality standing job. You know, it's... So a uh, finish cut want... with a, you know, like a a 120 black paper on a multi-disc, that would be good? That would be fine. Uh, you got to remember, if you're using water-based aniline dye, you're, you're going to pop the grain a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a little bit of grain raised with it. Um but by the time you add your other coatings on top of it, that grain raise is pretty easy to deal with. The trick with grain raise, as we all know, is don't deal with it initially. Grain raise is always dealt with after you get a couple of coats of something on top of it. That way, you know, Beautiful. you can get... I am so glad you just said that <laughs> because that turns out to be a pretty good conversation that we have in all of the classes. And I never tell anybody, hey, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. But I do mention that to people. Don't try to fix the grain raise right away. It's going to be easier to fix a little bit down the road. Yeah, I fix it. I, 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 my, my rule of thumb is fix it before the final coat. Perfect. I mean, um, by that point, the only thing that's sticking up is just the very, the very tallest of the fibers and it's just so easy to scratch those down and then and then you get that really that's when you get that surface that is just so silky smooth without any rub throughs or scratches on it and, one of the uh, funnest parts of uh i think our students would have at the classes when wayne was still in the trenches and wasn't a corporate stooge like he is now is wayne and i <laughs> Standing on the panels, yeah, you mean corporate stooge, sir, right? Yeah, that's yes, you yeah, Rob, you don't mind. <laughs> my fault. I'll, I'll send you the 50 bucks. Yeah, appreciate that. I'm sorry to interrupt your segment. <laughs> uh, you did the right thing there, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know what? It sounds so hard to work with these aniline dyes. Um, one of the things that we teach at our schools now is we can give you any color you want, whether uh, you're using the craft oil and combinations of the craft oil or you're using the dry fast natural stain with any color 
game line paint that we use for the court line paints or using our glaze system where we're mixing trans tint or water-based paints in the intense field, you know, it's not just the, the old residential stain color palette. Now, I mean, we can give you any color that you see in sports or, you know, whatever color somebody wants, we can do that. And it just sounds so much easier than working with these aniline dyes. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, as we've seen with the, uh, with the gym flooring industry, what they're able to do with, with uh, some of our systems out there. So, yeah, good call, Rob. In the next episode with Howard Brickman, we're going to talk about uh, kind of more of the science of wood and acclimating wood and, and, uh, and moisture as it relates to wood floors and cupping. And, and uh, he has some really great insights. And, uh, and Rob, on that one right there, I, I've been really thinking a lot about you and how hard you've worked lately on the podcast. And I might let you begin the intro on that one. Just the one. Are you kidding me? I no, was kind of hoping good. that you'd let me do the intro on the 50th one, but you know, it's, I'll I'll take the crumbs uh, if you want. It's 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 yeah, it's uh, I think it's time you've earned that. So just one though, don't get excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wayne. It's just a All pleasure right. being with you. It's been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander and Rob Johnson. Please stay tuned for another episode.